1: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
2: shut up and sit down
3: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Bowhunter Chronicles podcast. We are on here today with Sean Walters of Silent Approach. Um, He's got some pretty interesting climbing steps that um, is kind of a new take on an older um, style of of climbing. Maybe one that's maybe fallen out of favor because of the uh, public land. You can't screw in steps. So these are climbing steps that are lightweight super quiet and um but there is a, a little bit of a learning curve so um sean wanted to get on here today and, and talk with us a little bit about some run and gun style hunting and uh I heard really good things about him from a bunch of the other uh guys uh, doing podcasts ryan over at the deer hunter podcast uh said you know sean's a great guy uh, you know you're going to really enjoy talking to him so um uh, how you doing tonight sean i'm great how are you guys doing we're doing good we are I think by the time this airs, we will be elk hunting. So, um, man, that's exciting. That's one of those things where you know we, we started this podcast to have people follow along with us and the things that we're doing to kind of say, like, look, you know, anybody can do this type of stuff, and we love to talk about bow hunting, and it was always whitetail, and so it's been right. elk on the brain for the well, the whole this whole year, basically. <laughs> And uh, so the, so the podcast, I think we've got listeners that like, you know, John's take on the, on the bow stuff. We've got some guys that are following along because they're doing, do it, do it yourself elk hunts and, and all that sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And then I, there's gotta be a couple out there that are just clinging to hopefully some whitetail talk. (laughs) So so here we go. We got some whitetail talk today. That sounds great. Yeah. So we were talking to you a little bit before the podcast um about where you're from and kind of what you know how you've evolved to, to where you're at. Um and, and you know when you had messaged me it was you know you want to talk a little bit about run and gun and, and kind of um you know what, what you've got going on over there. Um so so give us a little bit of background on yourself on you know your style of hunting and, and kind of where where that kind of came from.
2: Well I've been um I've been a run and gun hunter for probably well, over twenty years I guess. I started, uh, bow hunting when I was around, um, 11, I guess, and no one in my family hunted and we didn't have any farms to hunt. And so I couldn't leave stands out. And then, so I I had to be mobile, but then the, the more I learned about hunting deer, you know, they talked about the wind and I kind of became obsessed with, with big bucks and, and, um, they were constantly talking about hunting the wind and, you know, you need to have different stands for different wind, uh, different winds. And I didn't have a whole lot of stands. So I had one stand and some, some, um, screw in steps, So I just, that's just how I hunted in order to be able to hunt multiple places. So I was kind of a running gunner by default. And, um, not until just uh, a handful of years ago that I discovered it was kind of a a clicky thing i figured there was people that hunted that way but i you know i wasn't into social media and i didn't you know i wasn't um i didn't know that um the group existed
3: and so what were you using as far as um equipment at that time you know so we and i guess what was the time frame um you know because john and i are late 30s early 40s and mm-hmm. you know our, my father-in-law who's uh, on the podcast here frequently you know he's well into his sixties now, and they, mm-hmm. were, they were using every single kind of climber that you know came out that they had to build themselves out of kits and from <laughs> right. that that sort of thing, and they're sitting on tree branches. I mean, so that I mean that was, I guess, the original running gun, right? Is just climb up a tree and sit on sit in the crotch.
2: <laughs> well, me personally, I had um, the screw in steps from a step They folded three times and. And I carried them in um, a binocular case. I had 12 of them, and I carried a a lock-on-limb tree stand on my back. And that was what I did. I'd screw in steps, or I would go and I would have screw-in steps left in the tree ahead of time, and I would just carry my tree stand with me. But um, that was my original run-and-gun method.
3: Yeah, like I say, my father-in-law, his best friend... You know, it's a little bit younger than him, but that same age class. And he had a Jan Sport backpack with, I don't, from what I remember, it was a 100 screwing steps. But, <laughs> but he had, I had a lot of them. I did. <laughs> but he had a, an actual, you know, backpack and then the leather actual lineman's belt like a utility worker would wear. Right. And, then, and he used, I believe it was the wind walker. It was either that one. Oh, it's lock on. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, little tiny, but super light. And he had had a lot of success getting into the trees. And he was, you know, we hunted climbers and everybody hunted climbers. And he just said, you know, well, you can't get into this tree. And he was real big on back cover and getting to the spot where you needed to be, not where the spot you were forced to. Right. Um, But then, you know, as everybody ages and the, the climbers kind of evolved to these really nice, comfortable, uh, sit all day type things. Um, you know, he's he's kind of moved towards towards that uh, at this point. Right, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I just sold.
2: I had a, a lone wolf um, uh, uh, hand climber. I guess they call it. Mm-hmm. I sold that thing last year, and I think praise God that I don't have to use those things again. I'm I'm it is as as anti climber as as someone can be. I guess.
3: Well, I, you know, I just sold my. Uh, lone wolf sit and climb and I've got, I, I say that I'm, I'm out of climbers, but I, I still have an old, I actually have two old loggy bayous. One is a two piece. One is the old hug the tree style, you know, the, the hard way. I gave that Mm one away. (laughs) But where you hold it and pull your feet up while you're
2: holding onto the tree. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, uh, I'll give you a little quick rabbit hole. Funny story on this one. So, that's my dad used the old Baker tree stands, and then one of his buddies got one of these loggy bios, and it was one of the the earlier models. He had the hand. He, there was a piece that that was a climber piece. It wasn't the seat, and you could hang it above your head, but right pull cool up from it. Yep when i when I met my father in law, you know he was like, oh, we just hug the tree. You know th- these are the stands, and I'm like, my dad's got one of those stands. I'll I'll use that, and I used it for I don't know a dozen sits in the what happens is the seat folds up so the seat folds down you stick your feet under there and you hug the tree pull it up like a, a traditional climber and then when you set it up you step over and the seat folds up right Mhm so I'm out at this spot got out of work run out there I'm hunting all by myself I get up in the tree got the stand in rock solid. I'm sitting there pretty uneventful hunt. And then I lower my bow down. I cannot get the seat down to save my life. (laughs) I couldn't, it wouldn't go down and I couldn't figure (laughs) it out and it's dark and I'm out there. So I ended up, you know, hooking my safety belt up as high as I could get it leaning over, moving the band in the back down. while like holding onto the tree (laughs) Then I would stand on the seat, get my safety belt, move it down. And I did that until it was about eight feet off the the ground. (laughs) And then I unhooked my safety harness, lowered myself down and just jumped. Then I monkey climbed back up there and unhooked the button and the stand fell. And this whole process took easily 45 minutes to an hour. So I get back and my face hurt from being so angry my cheeks (laughs) were like sore the next day because i was so mad and i got pulled up to my father-in-law's and i threw that stand out of the back of the truck and i said you show me how to put that seat down and he just looked at me and he said how did you get down (laughs) well there was two little buttons in the back of that and if you got it the seat up all the way those buttons locked in in. well i'd never had it perfectly set up so that it happened in you know a dozen two dozen hunts so i i had no idea that it even existed so that's great it was yeah so <laughs> so that's that's one of the climbers that i that i still have but that that lone wolf sit and climb back to what you know you were saying it's like uh, that as far as the climbing stands go i love the adjustability of those those bands mm-hmm. and being able to you know you have so much adjustability where, you know, most of these other ones just have those big knobs. Like knobs my, or, my Summit.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so
3: you can't, you're you're constantly in between that to, you know, getting it level and getting it perfect is, is impossible. You know. Yeah. With the Lone yeah. Wolf, it's like I just get up there and I'd unhook it, sit on the seat, switch it and around. And you could
2: adjust the straps when you went up? Yep. Yeah, I'd never used a sit and climb. Yeah. I know that hand climber, you had to have it at such a hard angle when you started out in order to be level at, you know, 18 feet that it yeah. was just, it was too, I just didn't enjoy it. And then it would get stuck, and I couldn't hardly get it to move sometimes, and and it was, you know, I'd be wore out. I'd be breathing heavy. My stomach muscles would be sore. And- Sweating. And pissed yes. off. Yes. Oh, my God. Hated it. <laughs> well- hated it. And I think that that's... It's loud. It sounds like a buck rubbing, you know. I think if there was any bucks bedded by, and they hear that, you know, dragging that bottom up the tree. I know know that sounds like a buck rub. I know Mm. they're going to come and investigate.
1: We've actually had... I've had deer come in while I'm climbing for that that reason right there. Yeah, right. Turn around and like, oh, there goes a buck.
2: (laughs) Right. Son of a He thought it was a rub, but he's like, see this big monster dragging up the tree. (laughs) But I think that
3: that that's one of the things I think that that's good, you know, because there are so many different, uh, climber options and, and stand options and, and all of that. And so for, for you, you know, the, the climbing stand isn't, isn't your, your cup of tea because of right. the, the, those issues. And I think that kind of ties into what we are talking about, you know, before the podcast about the, the steps that you've got and the kind of like the, the way that different people, you know, choose to get up a tree or whatever you're, your comfort level is Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess it kind of ties in with with everything so you just put out a video um, about how to uh, properly kind of hang a stand or um, what side of the tree you should be looking at what you should be looking at when you're you're actually um, you know kind of picking out your tree and when you've figured out what tree you're going to be in where Mm -hmm. the stand should go and so, for me, with that Loggy Bayou story, I probably got it right to where it needed to be so that everything lined up. And so, can you explain a little bit um, about, like, what you, what you did in that video and, and, you know, what what's the whole premise? And I believe it was the force side of the tree. <clears throat>
2: yeah. Yeah, that was... Um... Something I kind of discovered, you know, like, you know, I was a running gunner for a long time and, a, and kind of a DIY guy, and I was constantly looking for, you know, a better way to climb a tree, and I used every, I used screw-in steps, every kind of stick or step there was, and then I went to the lone wolf stick, that didn't work, so I made these steps, and I started using them, and sometimes they would work good, and I would think these things are amazing, And other times I would use them, and I think, this totally sucks. This is never going to work. And at the beginning, and I couldn't quite understand what was going on. And then I discovered about the force side of the tree and that it's when a tree is leaning, the side that's closest to the ground would be called the gravity side. And, you know, gravity is trying to pull you to the ground. So, if you're on the side of the tree that they call the force, like the side that's um, you're kind of, if the tree were to fall, you would be on, you would be okay. That's where you need to climb a tree, and that's where you also need to hang a tree, uh, to hang your stand, to have the tree, to have your stand as solid as possible, and to have, you know, whatever you're climbing, whatever method you're climbing with, that it'll be the most solid on the force side of the tree. And... As trees grow up, most trees don't just grow up straight. Some do, but most don't, and there'll be like rotten spots in them, and there'll be areas where the trees kind of twist and turn. And as those trees turn and twist, that force area of that tree changes with it. And as you climb a tree, you'll have to, you'll need to stay to the force in in the force. And then when you hang a stand, you need to do the same. And it's, um, you know, when you see people that have hung a lot of tree stands, they do that naturally. And I don't, and I, I did that a lot, but not really realizing how important that fourth side of the tree really is.
3: And so I guess with your, um, I, I guess we haven't really even kind of discussed like what, what it is. So what, what are the, like your product with the silent approach steps? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess give us the rundown on what they are and kind of how they came about and what makes them different than any better or, you know, the, the pros and cons versus steps or uh, sticks or climbers or, or any of the other ways to get up a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I set out, my, my main intent was I wanted
2: the lightest, I wanted to try to make the lightest way to climb possible. And then I wanted it to be really compact, and I wanted it to be in an organized system that would make it really easy to climb up a tree once you understood the the little process. So that was kind of where I started out. And then as things kind of went along, you know, you kind of bounce ideas off, and we came up with the idea that we would make the steps kind of like a mirrored image that way, when you put the buckles on, it's kind of like a little safety feature. You can pull the strap towards your body instead of leaning out and pulling it away from you. So that was kind of um, the idea with with the, the steps being the same, same um, you know, on each side. I'm not sure if I answered your question or not. I'm not sure where, what the
3: original question was. Well, yeah, I mean, just kind of to outline. So these are strap on tree steps Mm -hmm. they're made of um like polymer or something yeah uh,
2: it's a plastic
3: a high density plastic okay Mm -hmm. yeah i'm just trying to i've got some so i i know um i just want to you know paint the picture for the listener of like what it is that uh i'll post a picture yeah what we're what we're talking about
2: it's not in your traditional the the um The steps that they took off the market, the uh, I guess it's the APIs, um, I'm not whatever they were called, the 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 plastic strap-on steps that were on the market before. Those, I just I didn't like the buckle that they had on them. That was the big thing was the buckle. And then second, they were a little bigger than I liked, and they did they wouldn't pack real easily, and they had a design I didn't like the. I didn't like the design of the step. I thought there was a stress point there. And I guess there, well, I believe they must have broke. And that's why they were discontinued. And it was probably at that stress point. And these steps, when when we made these steps, it's kind of um, almost like a backwards design. And it's like um, a triangular shape that goes against the tree. And it's not like a normal L-shaped step that you would have. It's kind of an upside down L, and it um, the structure the 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 structurality of the structurality the the strength of the step is a lot stronger being in that shape versus like
3: an L shaped step. Well, I think one of the things that is very, I mean, that you set out to accomplish they are extremely light. And they do pack up really nice. I am probably the worst person for getting <laughs> things back in the package. Um, <laughs> right, ap- besides <laughs> me. Appropriately. And, you know, so I was like, you know, you open them up and I kind of, I you'd sent me a video. So I was watching the video on how you had done it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there is, you know, half a dozen <laughs> tag ends that are six feet long, eight feet long, whatever. I'm going, there's no way. And I was just thinking about, you know, realistically, you know, throwing them in a backpack or something like that, mm-hmm. and it would be you know in the dark. There's there's absolutely no way that you would be able to to get them untangled. They'd be tied up. And I mean, you well, know. you you put a little headlamp on, and there's the dark's gone. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so you've got a, a real nice uh, two sided uh, like kind of fanny pack, and they just mm-hmm. kind of go in there, and there's loops in there, so if they go back in there. And so you know, uh, what is the weight on? 12 of these steps uh five pounds three ounces for the whole shebang and that that gets you up how high about 20 feet i'll get right at 20 feet okay and so we were talking a little bit about it john and i were using these and you know i think one of the things that never took into consideration you know when you take them out and you you want to hang them like I guess what would be intuitive to you, which would be on the sides of the tree. And, right, you know, so you, you start with that way. And, and of course, you know, you had said, you know, watch these videos got, and I'm a guy. So I just, am like, well, I could probably figure this out. You know, this right. isn't rocket science. <laughs> right? I, well, and I'm like, what, this is, I don't know. It's impossible. I could get five steps up there and I couldn't get any higher. You're I, was, it. I was doing <laughs> the, the Christmas vacation thing where, Clark's hanging off the <laughs> thing, and he's doing the ladder. Like, where do I grab my hand? Like, I, there was there was nowhere for me to go. Um, right. and it was just I, I, the spacing was wrong, and it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't good. <laughs> you know, so I called you and I said, "Look, you know, what's the deal?" He said, "Well," right. and I guess thinking about it now, if you think about a, a traditional climbing s- stick. You know, that they're no wider than your hips. And that's kind of like what you were talking right. about. Is yeah, that they're that's, right in front of you. That's where you would have that. But because they're protruding out at you, I don't know if that's a mental block where you're like, it, I it want to be. It must be because a
2: lot of people do. I did it, you know, I did it when I first started using them. Okay. Yeah,
1: I was, when I was playing with them, I was like, man, if I slip, for one, I'm going to get my knee. Next thing's going to go is my freaking, uh, my package. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That.
2: laughs> <laughs> i'm doing a that. video probably tomorrow talking about you know the because i hear a lot of the same stuff and it's like god that's what i told greg from tethered I, you know it's like the product works the problem is me you know explaining to people and you know people understanding how to use them you know that's the big that's the big problem
1: right so you were talking earlier about the spacing has to be correct and then mm-hmm. and there is going to be a little bit of give in them which, you know, that's, that's the thing that people have to get, you know, kind of used to, like we were talking about some of the saddle hunters or the, the hanging hunt guys that are using those, the old style steps, that they're used to that. So when they switched to your product, it was a better product and they love them basically. But for us, it's a new learning curve, like we have to get used to the this, this style and the...
2: Oh, Definitely. Yeah, it's kind of an, you know, it can be an uneasy feeling, you know, when it's not totally solid. But, you know, if you get them, the thing with these steps is they'll, you know, they don't have to be tight. But when you step on them, they're going to slide all the way down to the bottom of the strap. But you have to have your foot all the way up against the tree. And there are occasions where it can hinge down at the bottom. And you can either just kind of hop on it once or twice to get it to go through that little place that it's caught up on. Or you can just step off of it and move it over maybe an inch. Okay. But 90-some percent of the time, you're going to have a good, solid step doing one of those two things if it's not solid to begin with.
1: Right. And let's just make sure people aren't taking for granted that we're using, you're doing it with a lineman system, so you've got a safety harness on and stuff. You're not just trying to climb the tree without any safety.
2: No, you'll never do it that way.
3: (laughs) Right. One of the things that you had said uh, about, you know, when you had come up with this is you wanted to make them like a mirror image of, mm-hmm. um, one of the things, like I said, um, you know, the guys over at the, the deer hunter podcast did a video and, and they kind of talked about, uh, these steps and, uh, you know, kind of like the pros and cons and that, that bit of, bit of learning curve. One of the mm-hmm. things that they had mentioned on there, I, have you seen the video? Did you see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so when they talked about the side that goes actually up against the tree, if that were to have vertical ridges or striations, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, for those those barky trees that you know, like a oak tree, where it would you know almost like they would kind of fall in the grooves in between there, um, mm-hmm. you know, is that something that you'd? Considered or t- toyed around with um, when you well, were making
2: these. For just kind of uh, far as mechanically, and the mold is concerned, you can't put uh, lines. As far as I know, anyway, you can't put lines that direction in the mold because of the way it kind of just kind of the way the mold works. But where that where the issue is with the step, when there is an issue when it hangs at the bottom, it's at the very bottom. And it's not those, those little ridges don't really, um, they, the very last ridge could have a little possibility of causing some sort of hinge, but it's mainly, it's mainly the bottom.
3: Okay. Yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, they, they had said that, and, you know, one of the first times that I had tried them, I told you it was on a a big red pine with loose bark. And that was mm-hmm. one of the issues that I was having. The issue was, you know. More than likely, completely my fault because I wasn't going straight down on the step. I was putting that side pressure because I had them too far apart. Right, but that's one of those things where if I do it, somebody else is going to do it too. You know, right? And that, oh, definitely. It's, it's definitely. getting it's getting getting through that, and but you had mentioned the Greg over at Tethered, and like I had told you, you know, I I can't. I've been. I sold my, um, lone wolf climber. Um, I've got a, a, lightweight hang on and sticks and, you know, I've got a set of your steps, but I'm seriously considering a saddle. Um, I, just because I want to, I want to give it a go and, and kind of have, uh, I guess experience with all the different full perspective. Right. Yeah. I mean, to be able to, to, to kind of speak on, uh, I, I, kind of on all of them. But in um, it, the saddle guys, you know, they say that it's you know life changing, just like. I mean, <laughs> right. But that, that, that's what the elk hunting guys say too. So I mean, maybe next year I won't even whitetail hunt. John's already Who, who's hung that? It up. Who says that? Oh, the elk guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, the elk guys they say. You know, ones, <laughs> but the duck hunting guys say don't start duck hunting because you'll you won't want to do anything else during bow season. So right. I think you know if you've got a an addictive personality, you're going to gravitate <laughs> towards you know I guess whichever is the. The easiest or most fulfilling. You you don't try to do them all, I guess. But I can't. I've been doing a lot of research and looking at the different um, saddles and kind of trying to figure out like what way to go. And your steps keep popping up. You know they're <laughs> they're always saying you know that, that you can use this, you can use this, or these silent approach steps. Or they're pulling this stuff out of their pack, and that's what they're that's what they're using. Um, you know to get up the tree. So I, there's no out in my mind that they work and i think it's kind of what john had said before is that if you're used to this this style of hunting if you're used to using this equipment and then switch over to to the the silent approach it's probably the learning curve isn't as nearly as steep as it is for for he and i just picking them up and trying to right and not watching the video (laughs) (laughs) You
2: almost have to you just have to like watch the videos. I, I guess you know, when I was a rodeo guy I studied video. So, you know, if, if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna probably study video on it. But so if a person studies the video, they'll see, you know, like if you if you if you watch a video of me climbing these things, it's I'm not struggling at all. It's completely relaxed and completely easy. And once you learn how to do it, that is that's how they work. But it's, you know, getting to that point. And probably the biggest thing, you know, now that I think about it, like I'm learning as I go kind of how to talk about these things and how to explain how to use them and what the issues are. And if a person hasn't used a lineman's belt a whole lot, you know, you have to use a lineman's belt using these things and you have to be comfortable using a lineman's belt. And if that's not something that somebody has, uh, you know, experience with, then they're going to have, you know, they're going to be learning about the lineman's belt and about using the steps at the same time.
3: And right. th- that's probably why it transitions so well into the the saddle hunting community because, right. you know, that's part of their whole thing is, you know, two lineman's belts really. So you can climb any tree and you're going up around branches and, and all of that. So, it, yeah, like I say. So for you, you had said that you're you're making the transition to to try saddle hunting this year as well. Yeah, I'm
2: looking really forward to it.
3: And what what drove that? Um, the
2: weight for one, and not having to hang a stand. I mean, that's I, I feel like there'll be I'll be able to hunt smaller trees and you keep the tree in between you and the deer? You kind of stand on the backside of the tree. That's something I've done with my stands a lot. You know, I'll hang a stand and I'll stand kind of facing the tree and keep the tree, you know, in between me and, and where the deer are coming. But, um, mainly the lightness. And I just, I just feel like I'm going to be a lot more mobile and I'll be able to get into thicker areas and hunt different areas where I haven't been able to with the hang on stand.
3: Well, I'll ask you this, and uh, I, I saw the, I saw one of the posts uh, on the, the Hunting Beast Facebook forum, and uh, you know if if anybody that's listening here is interested in this stuff, and you're not over there looking at the Hunting Beast, um, there's a ton of great information on their actual internet forum, but their Facebook group is. I'm more of a, I'm not a forum guy because right. it's, it's just a lot of work. Like in the day of like in, in today's day and age of text messaging and everything, like, immediately. You know, the Facebook (laughs) group is so much easier, but the the forum has so much great information uh, to go there and and actually learn. Uh, But the question on there that was posed was, what is the big deal with weight all of a sudden? Um, it's, It's really odd for me because I've never really worried about it i mean i I, we started with i mean maybe maybe i did that maybe i brought the weight thing (laughs) into effect i don't know because they're you know they're looking at the older sandcast the original lone wolf stands like the the original lone wolves that came out were like you know eight or nine pounds something like that and so Mm -hmm. the new lone wolves are you know anywhere from 11 to 13 depending on what the the rating is and then it's, is it with the buckles and the sticks are, right. you know, three pounds, but is that with the buckles and straps or is that just the mm-hmm. stick? And, uh, you know, right now as we, um, as we prepare for this elk hunt, you know, we're taking our whole lives on our back and having to bring out, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds of pounds of meat, you know, so right. <laughs> for, for that sort of thought process is okay, I get it. Because you got to bring in everything that you take out, but I'm one of these guys that brings in way too much stuff, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted right. to get rid of that that climber is because I want to pare down everything that I'm bringing and want I want to make it so that I'm not bringing everything. So the lightness factor is a a real big deal, and I think it's a real big deal and like to the saddle hunting guys, but. Mm-hmm. i mean w- why is it such a big deal that's what you're getting yeah at. <laughs> that, that, that's what i'm saying like wh- i mean because that was your like main point with the saddle because I, I think the the mobility it, to me and perhaps the comfort but the light mm-hmm. the, the weight i don't know I, well it, i i think
2: another thing is, i i think you're going to be able to wear it as you go into the woods mm-hmm. And the fact that you that you won't have to hang a stand—that's another thing. You just climb up the tree and then just tie on, and bam—you know, you're you're oh. hunting. Oh yeah, certainly. I, was I guess just... you do have to put a platform up, something to stand on—a ring of steps or a platform, I guess. Right.
1: Yeah. Like right now, I I still have my Summit climber, which that thing—you know—it's the the huge one. Mm-hmm. I think it weighs like twenty three pounds. Then I throw my pack on there with like three (laughs) days worth of clothes you know and a lunch and probably by the end of it it's probably 50 pounds that i go trekking in and i'm hating that thing but right well (laughs) but then we get you know now like i said we're going back to our elk thing i'm sitting there i'm weighing my pack and i'm putting in my i'm like oh man my kill kit weighs three pounds uh you know i weighed my pack last night without food and water and it was like 26 pounds i'm like man i got i need to shave off some more weight <laughs> but we're gonna like like i'm saying we're hunting with our packs on our back we're gonna be walking you know at least probably two to three miles a day i mean that'd be on the you know, i would say
0: it's probably gonna be uh, way more than that, <laughs> that's what i'm saying that would be on
1: oh, uh, really, a really super lucky day. day right really
3: really light day but it'll probably be three times that yeah likely and and I do understand, you know, with the the running gun and and all that, you know, you're getting back into the areas where you know you're not trying to get around everybody, and you're trying to go in right. and, and almost leave no trace, you know, so nobody knows right. that you were hunting there. Anyways, That's certainly it. that the that the deer aren't there. But but we've I mean, so when we hunted, so you're from Ohio, you understand, you know, in Southeast Ohio for where we were hunting, from where we come from, at the elevation of 600 feet when we got down there and there was you guys probably call them hills but they might <laughs> might might well have been mountains to us right and, you know we had our our mountain bikes and we were walking them up 45 degree grades for a quarter <laughs> of a mile before we would take off and it, and we were going back in there mile i don't know two miles two and what, half miles yeah two miles. whatever but i never did it like occurred to me like i'm taking too much stuff it was just like this is what I take hunting. So I, right. <laughs> I am a pack mule. <laughs> right.
1: So I guess maybe even after <clears throat> after this hunt with the elk, it might open our eyes to the well. Shoot, I don't need I don't need all that weight. I don't need you know. It's way I can hunt more proficient and right. get in there quieter without this fifty pound pack on my back. Uh, you know, and still be comfortable, safe. It's right, productive. So,
2: Th- that's what I quit doing. The past couple years, I really scaled back. Like I used to take two or three toboggans and two scarfs and three or four pairs of gloves and bat- extra batteries. And just it was just ridiculous everything that I carried with me. And and now just about everything I can carry in my pockets. And then when I get up the tree. I'll climb up the tree with these these steps, and I put the bag around the the tree, and then I could put like my um, my rangefinder, an extra set of gloves. I could put that stuff in that little bag up there, and then I I don't have anything on me hardly, and it's right. and not a whole lot of stuff in the tree with me. Yeah, I've really tried to scale back.
1: I think we need to teach Frank that, because I think he <laughs> you know I think he might even carry an extra tree stand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> People do it. I mean I remember just a handful of years ago I went and weighed myself and it seemed like I was forty some pounds or so. I don't remember exactly, but it was a ridiculous amount with five lone wolf sticks on my um my lock on limb tree stand, which is really light, you know, in itself and I was still a ridiculous amount of weight and it was um it was just crazy and then you get to kinda lean forward as <laughs> you're carrying everything
3: Oh yeah, yeah it's, it's crazy. Yeah, like like I say, I I just think back to last year when I was hunting and and you know trying to do some some filming and it was like you know by the time you get all your winter clothes, camera gear, tree stands, bow, and then all the other stuff that you you insist that you need that you tell yourself right. that you can't hunt with, and I can't imagine what that. What that weighed, but th- I think that that's back to the same thing It's like I knew that it was like excessive but I didn't mm-hmm. think like oh man this is too heavy um, right Just how it was yeah and, 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 and like if, if I'm gonna do if I'm gonna film I I have to have a camera arm I have to have a camera so you know that's you know the, the price of admission there right and you know f- whatever I, I think just like anything else you end up like we like we said like whatever your obsession is so if you start saying well i'm going to start to look at weight then you'll shave a couple ounces here or shave a couple ounces right. there and then by the time you realize you know oh well i can get these steps that are 6 pounds and i can get the same height as i could and it weighs as much as you know two of my sticks mm-hmm. then you know that's that's kind of i, I think maybe how that that progression goes
2: and you're gonna sweat less that was that's a big thing that i don't like is sweating when i'm walking through the woods or when i'm trying to hang a stand you know when you have that extra weight if you got 15 extra pounds on your back with five lone little sticks you know that puts those straps are pulling down on your shoulders and they're super tight and that's that stands against your back and it's smashing all of your weight and, the, and your your body temperature kind of keeping it in and you end up sweating on your back and your shoulders And if you don't have to have that 15 pounds on your back, if you can put, you know, like for these steps, you can put less than six pounds around your waist. You don't even hardly feel that six pounds around your waist. And that's my favorite thing about these things.
3: Yeah, for sure. So what, let's change this up a little bit. What's your, uh, what's your bow setup? What are you shooting these days? I have a, a
2: blackout, I think it is, by Bowtech. I'm not a bow guy, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I've shot a bow since I was, I got my first compound when I was I, about 11, and I sh- I've shot a compound since then, and I kind of became obsessed somewhat back when I was about 20. But then after that, I started rodeo, and I didn't shoot as much, and I didn't hunt as much. And I'm really just getting back into like bows heavy. You know, I've been, I've been obsessed with deer forever, but like my bow, you know, and um really looking at that equipment, you know, I kind of neglected my bow set up for a while, but but I just got some new strings and cables and um just, I just got a, a, a three finger release. So I've kind of fought target panic for a while, so. It wasn't fun shooting for a long time because of that. But, um, I've got some new techniques I've been using and it's, it feels a lot better now. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, uh, that was one of the things that our listeners know I've been dealing with was a little target panic. It's terrible. I shot great. And then I think actually, I I think it was kind of like self-induced, like, uh, I read about it and I'm like, I've never, had target panic. I've never had target panic. I read about it and then all of a sudden, holy shit, I got target panic. You know, like I gave it to myself. I caught it. Right. <laughs>
2: That's <laughs> That sucks. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. It's 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 crazy. Target panic is it's the worst thing. Yep. It's the worst thing. I probably had it. I probably i am I'm I'm still somewhat suffering from it. But I've probably been suffering from target panic for at least five years.
1: The so one of the things that really, I mean, helped me once I got the hang of it was, like, uh, I shoot the knock-on uh, silverback, which is actually a Carter Evolution. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a, a version of that, and that's a true back tension where you set the tension spring, and it breaks at a certain poundage. So mm-hmm. as you pull back, you put your thumb on a safety pull it back and then when you get once you get anchored you release your thumb off the safety and then as you keep pulling 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 it gets to the the breaking point and it you know it's a completely surprise release so like the first couple times i shot it it was a real surprise like like <laughs> right. holy shit you know <laughs> i just shot the wall you know <laughs> but once you get the 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 basics down of it 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 really helps because like matter of fact uh What, three weeks ago, we went and shot uh, a 3D course at one of our local ranges. And I'd been using, I also have a Carter Wise Choice, which is a thumb release and a thumb button. And I shoot it the same way. But, like, when we got out there, the first couple shots, I, I was spot on, you know. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was the third target, I noticed all of a sudden I'm just, I'm punching. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take. I'm like, dude, I gotta put this thing away. I'm, you know, about ready to miss the target. <laughs> so I put that thing away and just forgot about it. And then went back to my silverback and end up shooting a actually a pretty decent round. You know, I, I didn't miss any targets anyway. <laughs> and, uh, right. and there was a lot of small targets. And we shot all the max distances too. So, but that definitely for people out there there listening that haven't heard me you know speak about it before that that tension back tension release a true one will definitely help and you know like i've watched the videos where uh john dudley you know talks about it and talks about the process and the shot process and how to go go you know get that get that down to help you so mm-hmm. but every once in a while i shoot my blue release my thumb trigger and i've all of a sudden just want to just punch it
3: <laughs> and if you've never heard of target panic don't look it up yeah right we don't like it's very contagious <laughs> <laughs> oh man well sean this has been really fun and uh i i like um uh, to get your perspective on this because i love the fact that you said you know sometimes you hate these steps and some sometimes they're the they're the greatest thing uh well, I, haven't, it, I haven't hated them in a long time <laughs> but uh. right. but yeah but I, but I think that 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 says a lot to that the the learning process right um, to them so uh, i mean i guess with your product who do you think would benefit from so there, if there's a guy that you know was kind of uh kind of in between on what he's going to be using or, you know, is going to try a saddle or try something like that. Like, you know, who can, who can benefit from the use of, of your product? And and I guess, how have they helped you um, evolve as a, as a hunter? Well,
2: when I made these things, I didn't even know a saddle even existed. So I made these to use with, with my lock on lamb, And it wasn't until I started becoming, you know, putting more stuff out on the market, I thought I'd probably need to catch up to the times and I bought a lone wolf alpha two. So that was how I originally started using these things. And one of the ways that I like to hunt that I hunt here is I'll have multiple stands preset and I, but I won't have steps with them and I'll just walk in with my steps and climb up into some preset stands I I call that a modified hanging hunt where you you have your stand hung already, but you carry your steps in with you. So, I mean, really, anyone that, you know, they can, they can benefit any person that, um, likes to hunt a lot of different tree stands. You know, if, if you're a guy that hunts the same, you know, the same couple spots, then, you know, you can probably do something different. But if you're, you know, hunting multiple stands and you have to walk, and you want to cut down on weight, you know, that's they're they're great for that.
1: And another thing too is like here in Michigan on public lands, uh, we're not supposed to use screw in steps, so that would be another alternative you right. I'm not sure, you know, you you're down in Ohio, I'm not sure what their rules are, but I'm sure there's other states that, you know, don't allow screw in, you know, steps, nails right. you know, all the old you know, boards nailed to trees and stuff. I mean but so that would be another,
2: you know, that's probably the biggest, you know, when you talk about who would they benefit, that's probably the biggest group of people would be the public land hunters. But, um, you know, you know, I designed them for kind of what I like to do. And then, but then the saddle hunters and the public land hunters, you know, they're probably the, it probably suits them better. Definitely the public land hunters. But, um, you know, for a guy that wants to hang a stand and it's worried about somebody climbing up in it, and you know I don't want somebody being able to climb up my tree stand, so that's why I like to leave stands and take the steps with me. And the the state, your stands are a lot harder to see that way if you don't have a, a ladder going up to your stand. True. You know there are a lot. It's a lot harder to see them if there's no steps or sticks or a ladder going up there too. For sure.
3: And so, where can they find your your products, or how can they get a hold of you if they want to, uh, you know, find out some more information about these?
2: Uh, BullmanOutdoors.com. That's the website, and you can put Silent Approach or Bullman Outdoors in um, in the search engine, and it'll take you to the website. Um, and I have a Facebook page, Son Approach, Bullman Outdoors, and Instagram, at Silent Approach, Bullman Outdoors. And um, they can send you know people can send an email through the website or any of the social media platforms. I'm pretty. I usually get back fairly quickly
3: well awesome like i say it's been great talking to you um, i'll just ask you to hold on the line we'll kind of uh close this up but sounds good uh,
2: I've, I've had a great time i really appreciate uh, <laughs> talking to you guys it's been a lot of
3: fun yeah no problem but i think that's all we got for today so you know everybody keep following along with the things that we're doing definitely uh check out sean and in, in silent approach um uh, check out those those steps and uh and we'll be uh We'll be elk hunting, and then we'll be whitetail hunting here, you know, real soon. So thanks for listening. I might just stay out west, so.
1: (laughs) All
2: All
3: right. See
1: ya.